Well, hidey ho there. Hidey ho. Who you calling a ho? Hidey ho. Keep it rolling. Get a trophy. Let's go get it. Unusual off-the-track kind of uh, podcast for me, especially, since I don't, you don't know this about me out there and our listening audience, but I'm not a big sports person. Um, I used to be uh, into the baseball back in the dizzle. Into the baseball? I was into the baseball. I'm really not into the sports ball. Ian is the sports ball guy. I'm a sports fan. I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a big sports fan, but I'm not a sports fanatic. Right. You love it just enough. That makes sense. I mean, you're kind of on it. Like you, when you're doing the dishes and you're cooking, you always have your iPad out and you've got ESPN on. And I hear the same uh, John Denver fucking commercial uh, every day. I know the commercials That's, by heart. That is that is Time Warner Spectrum. Yeah. Dodger Station, which unfortunately. The majority of Dodger fans do not get to watch Dodger games because of yeah their TV contract. But please sponsor us, Time Warner. We would love it. Until then, I swear to God, I hear it in the other room. I'm like, how does he not go insane? You don't even hear it anymore. Do you know, it's it's va- you? it's value value America or value USA or something like. Yeah. They have a whole set of of. Um, these type of um, crazy. commercials. We probably talked about this before. I feel like we've had this conversation before, but yeah. Part of a, part of them makes me want makes me feel like I'm proud to be American. The other part makes me want to shit my pants. Well, I mean that's kind of the state of affairs these days. That's that's sort of what being American is all about right now. Uh, shitting your pants uh, pants while you salute the flag. Shit your pants daily. Yeah, exactly. But while we're here, we're talking about um, a series called All or Nothing on Amazon. And I think a few days ago, you, for some reason, rolled up out of bed at 4 a.m., propped yourself up and started watching this series about uh, the Rams. I just, for some reason, I woke up. I don't know why I woke up that early that day. And I was going to play Skyrim, but then I was like, fuck, it's in the other room. I don't want to bring it over here. I just want to watch TV. So I got on to um, the Roku. Yeah. And I had I was just browsing through, and I had seen these billboards of All or Nothing, and I wasn't sure what it was. And then when I saw it pop up on on Amazon, I was like, "Oh, it's with the Rams." You know, let's let's see what that is about because the Rams just moved back to L.A. You were very excited when this was announced last year. Yeah. So, and you know, it's very much like a Hard Knocks. Yeah. On HBO, but Hard Knocks is only a preseason thing, so you only get like. The preseason. Right up until. Until the season starts. shit hits the fan. This goes all the way through the whole season of uh, of the, the team that they're embedded with. So. Yeah. I started that at around four. I think you came in around five or six. I was only like two or three episodes in. Right. So I'm listening to this in the background. I'm having sports dreams. I'm having sports ball dreams. And I think, you know, again, this is. There are people out in the world who just don't like sports, and then there are people who hate it. I don't hate sports. It's like I don't hate children. I just don't have any of my own. I don't hate sports. I just don't necessarily stay abreast of it. But, like, you'll get passionate about it when you're talking about what's going on in the Dodgers, uh, you know, house this year, what's going on with Lakers, and uh, we'll talk about sports in general. I don't run screaming from it. I don't scrape my eyelid across my eyeball. But this was, um, but what I am attracted to is good storytelling, you know, as we all are. And here, we, here I am propping up on one elbow, kind of looking, you know, kind of sideways at the TV going, this sounds, uh, this is interesting. I'm interested. Even though it's about football, which, you know, don't really, don't really care about it. But that first season back in L.A., you know, I know, I, I know you were, like, kicking a lot of things because they were doing so well. And it was sort of that, oh, shit. Why it got to be like this where we get a team and then they just suck? But being embedded, when you have a TV crew or film crew embedded with the team and you get to see all the things that went down, you start to understand 
at least from what the documentary filmmakers are telling us what happened. Yeah, and that's and that's I mean and and you know just to you know my approach to sports is is you know I'm not a homer. You know, and sometimes you have What does that mean? Well, it's like it's not like, and and people might say I'm a fair weather fan. And I think that is like, well, if you if you if you look at any other aspect in life, Let's say you have a restaurant, and they got a new chef. It's your favorite restaurant, and they got a new chef, and the food just sucks. You're not going back until they switch it out and have a good product. It's the same thing with sports. But you're kind of around, though. I mean, I don't. I've never seen you just totally no, abandon I, I don't, the season. No, no, I don't. I, I, I check in, but I don't have the time, the energy, to watch a whole game of, of a bad product. Right. It's like I couldn't make it through the pilot of. Um, What's that uh, motorcycle thing? That motorcycle. Oh, Sons of Anarchy. Sons, are, Son of, Sons of Anarchy. I couldn't make it through it. it Who knows? Just... It might be like something else we've tried, though. Specific side note about that show. I mean, if we, we maybe it gets good. Yeah. Episode three, four. Pilots are hard. Yeah, they they are, but it's 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 just you know. I'm I, curious. I have, I'm going to go back and just horse my way gonna, through because no. people are like rabid about that show. Yeah, and I are. like Charlie Hunnam. I like his personality. I like Katie Segal. Yeah, I, I like the I like some of the actors, but I just it's just like I like the, the showrunner guy. He's it's, awesome. It's just like the thing with sports is like I I mean you know, I can't sit through yeah. a whole thing. Now a lot of people are like that. I'll you know I I don't know stats like like statisticians know stats, but I, I follow a t- I'll follow the Lakers, the Dodgers, and now the Rams throughout the year. I just mm-hmm. don't. You know, I don't call into the the post game or pre game show. I don't assume to uh, know what the coach should do at a certain point in time, and or you know who they should trade. I mean, I'm not in those meetings. I you know I'm not that person who. Yeah. I just kind of like that, the way I want to yell at like Robert Kirkman and. Yeah, it's it's kind of like Gimple. that. Yeah. And go. Why do we have to watch the Heapsters for three fucking episodes? Yeah. So yeah. it's that. I mean, so so just so we know, so people who Fair are enough. listening to us know what my approach to it is. But right. I love sports. I love, you know, I love the 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 act of the game of any game. Like I'll fucking watch curling during the Olympics. Curling is awesome because I and I learn what do you, what are they trying to do? What is the objective? And you see how people how they try to uh, get from point A to point B, how they try to win the game. Like, that to me is is pure. Yeah. I love that. I understand the total attraction to sports. It makes a lot of sense, you know. But, you know, for me, I won't just plop down in front of a game. I drift off pretty quickly, you know, when a game's on. I know? fell asleep in, uh, several years back, I think it was before I met you. I was like, you know, I'm going to watch a Super Bowl. I think it was the, the last time the Giants won or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to invite anybody over. I'm just going to watch it myself. Got a bag of chips, got some sodas, got some beers, some pretzels. I fucking fell asleep before the first quarter was was, was done. And I woke up yeah. like at the end of the, the fourth. I think it's part so. of, if you were raised in the culture, you have a nostalgia for it. Like, you know, I grew up in Alabama and literally that football rivalry between uh, Alabama and Auburn is just like... Yeah, it's so pervasive. Yeah. Even now, after all these years, I, my Alabama friends on Facebook—it's just like that's all it is. And that, and, and I think that's why and it kind of put me off of it because we weren't a big we weren't a big football family. I think if we had been a big football family, my dad followed the Braves on the radio. So I, you know, adjacent to that, I became a Braves fan. Then I went to CNN; they gave us free tickets. So my my father had just passed away. I'm like he would he would kill me. If I didn't go use my season tickets, I mean, this is free, you know, kind of took him with in spirit with me, but we weren't raised in the football culture. So I can, I could take it or leave it, but it gets so shoved down your throat. Like it's, it's so around you. It's like religious. It is religious. Yeah. It is probably, it's like Alabama football, Auburn football, then Jesus. Right. So yeah, I didn't really grow up with it. And I've been around when I lived in Chicago, big sports town. You'd end up going and see the Bears. You'd go see the Cubs lose. You know they're going to lose, but it's a nice park. You're having a good Saturday. You've got a grass seat. You know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you're going for the experience. You're going for the experience. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, like, if you're going to a Bears game, really the most uh, – I would go for, like, the, the fan fights. You know, like, you're just between Bear fans. They're not even fighting with the other team. Like, I went to, like, um, 
a Titans game. It was, it was glorious. This is years ago. And the way they take you out of the stadium at Bears, like, there's, it's just no fucking joke. These are Chicagoans, you know. They roll pretty pretty heavy. And, uh, and, there, and some of them, I'm not saying the majority of people in Chicago, but there's, these are Burley fans, you know, like Packers fans. You know, it's, it's cold there. You, gotta, you know, you need your, you need your layers. And these, uh, these, these security people will roll up on you and just flip you over and hog fucking tie you and take you out. There's no escorting. Like, unless, like, if you start throwing fists, you're, you're getting hog tied and carried yeah. out. That was like the most glorious shit I've ever seen. They, I don't I even mean, know. I don't even remember the score. I, don't, I have no idea. Was, they, they have, I mean, the way that they have those stadiums set up, um, as far as security goes, inside, because I remember I was, I went to a game, a Dodgers game, and we were in, in left field pavilions. The only, the only time I've ever been in the pavilion. And it's like the second somebody does something, their security just boom right there. SWAT. It's like they're, they've <laughs> they've got their their camera set up. And one of these stadiums, I don't know if it's a a ballpark or a football stadium, but they actually have a jail underneath the stadium to hold you. Awesome. I'm like, I think more than a few have that. They probably do. They probably I think that have might some even be a standard thing. Rule. This is America. Come on. No. I would. I mean, seriously. I want to think it's like either you know it's. It's Wrigley Field. I don't know if it's Wrigley Field or, or, or Soldier Field. Uh, I don't know what it is. but There it's... was an episode of uh, some series. It might have even been. I don't know. So they, I remember it was. It's not Broad City, but one of those where. It might have been Broad City. Where that's how they met. They, they ended up in like Shea Stadium Jail or wherever the hell it was. <laughs> it's like that's how they met. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I think it is Broad City. It's like their origin story yeah. of how they met. So maybe, maybe it is uh, out I think it's New a standard York. thing. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. But let's go to uh, what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about season two of All or Nothing. And so you're, you've seen the first two or three episodes, and I start sitting up and paying attention because I, you know, I'm fascinated all of a sudden that, that there's this many coaches. There's 20 coaching, 20 on the coaching staff, and you've got uh, Fisher as your head coach. Jeff Fisher, yeah. Uh, and you started walking me through how all these coaches are, a um, couple of pop- problematic um, people on the coaching staff because of their background and whatnot. But, hell, it's sports, you know, shit goes on. But uh, And some crimes are nastier than others. But, anyway, just sort of watching, like, this young team, a very young team. Yeah, yeah. The, so, in I, my I think, mind, I could be wrong about this, but no, they felt no. like most of them were green. I think they, they are the either the youngest or, or – I think, I think they say in the, in, the, in the documentary that this is the youngest team in the league. You know, and I'm wondering so. – are we doing this because that's cheaper? Are we doing that because, I mean, I don't know what the strategy behind that is, but we see what that is because everybody's learning to get their feet under in them in the NFL while they're, you know, there's all of this expectation in L.A. on this team. You know, um, L.A. gets what it wants. It pays for it. But you look at this lineup and you go, wow, you know, these guys are greenhorns. Yeah, well, I mean, they have they have on this team they have uh, players that are very good have have the potential to be um, pro bro, pro, uh, pro bowlers and um, you know defensive uh, uh, players of the year. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm you not know, an expert, but I, have, I, I, have I totally pro- agree with you. These these kids are phenomenal. But the thing is that we noticed is that it's. Because what we did was we saw that first episode, okay. I mean the first series, and then we went and saw the Cardinals, the Cardinals, the season, season one of all one. or nothing, yeah. And that's I think the thing is like what we were doing the whole time watching this was comparing franchises, yeah. You know, comparing. I'd um, almost recommend watching it in that order: watch season yeah. two, and then watch season one if you haven't seen it yet, because then you have your Bruce Arians now. Who's been doing this? I mean, probably as long as Fisher. I want to say. I feel like they're roughly the same age. I don't know. I don't know their ages. I don't know all the stuff about these guys. But I feel like Bruce Arians is. He knows when to put his foot on the gas and put put his foot on the brake, you know. And like we t- tell the the, like I learned from this documentary because I don't know this. Sports fans would know this. You know, getting fired is part of the deal. And. Bruce yeah. Arians has had to uproot himself what five six times over the years. Yeah, I mean they, I mean both of them, they 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 both, I mean they're they're roughly within you know ten years um, age difference. Yeah, but that's a huge age difference in this game. So is yeah. Fisher younger? Fisher is was born in fifty eight, and Arians was born in fifty two. Okay, so so 
So Arians is is about what was that? Yeah, six years old. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying, you can tell it on Bruce. Also, just maybe where he's actually coached, because he's you know he's born in what New Jersey, New York, and then he starts out at uh, Virginia Tech, and then he rolls over to yeah, he was Temple he and... was an assistant at at, at Vitek. And then he went to Mississippi State. He went to Alabama, he, Temple. Then he was with the Kansas City Chiefs. Then back to Mississippi State, the New Orleans Saints. Back a lot to of time Alabama. The, a lot of time in the South. And again, his mentor was uh, Coach Bear. So Bear Bryant, you know, um, legendary coach. I mean, if, if you were born under a rock, you know who the hell Coach Bear is, right? So I just, I don't know. I, at first, I wanted to hate him because I'm seeing, here's another loudmouth uh, white dude uh, yelling profanities at his team. But he he says it pretty quickly out of the gate. He's like, when I curse at you and call you names, I'm talking about your football, not you personally. And I think he says to Smoke, he said, Smoke thought his middle name was, you know, Motherfucker. Uh, until realized, don't this is not personal, guys. This is... Until your football got better and then you became Smoke. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's to finish out the quote. So for me, it's like coming from a, a person who's just paid like zero attention to football. Even if you don't like football, it's just the human story. Yeah, and, and the thing, the really cool thing, and it's about not this, done in a cheesy way. They, yeah. do, they can do a lot of these cheesy things. I watch you like watch a lot of this ESPN stuff, and I'm like, "What's well, heavy on the piano, motherfucker?" Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not like you know, you know, watching um, the rookie or for love of the game or yeah. or even Bull Durham. Or the blind side. Or the blind side. Or re- remember the Titans. I mean, that is, a, even though I like remember the Titans, it, it, it's 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 like they lay it on thick on the on the on the cliches. Yeah. You know, it is a cliche. One game at a time. One day at a time. It's a cliche until, like I said the other day, until mm-hmm. you're actually doing it. Yeah. When you, you know, when you apply it to life, then that's where the cliche matters. I think just throwing it up on like your social media and going, you know. A roomy quote kind of bugs me because, yeah. you know, I need context. So seeing these guys put all these metaphors and um, experience together, you, you kind of I'm – like, I'm not judging one over the other. I prefer one coach over the other. I prefer one style over the other. One seems to be blowing a lot of smoke without a whole lot of results and gets, his, gets shit canned. And the other finishes out the season. They don't, they don't get to the Super Bowl, but – and, and he's got a job for next year, and and I feel like you were saying to me as soon as we started season one, the Cardinals, you're like, this is a real team. You know, you can now see the seasoning on these guys. Yeah. They they know it's a job. They know, they know what they know now. Whereas when you're younger, or when you you get knocked around, or I don't know the entire roster of that season one Rams, but when you see the coach change. And you go from Fisher to, uh, what is Sean's name? What's Sean's last name? He uh, keeps saying McVay. I don't know. I think it's that, isn't it? Sean Mc, McVay? Like this slick, young, super yeah. young guy. 31, 32. New coach. Yeah, 30, yeah, 32 or something like that. Yeah, and he rolls up and, and he's like, he's there for the science. He's seen, thing works, he's seen things work in the field. He's not monologuing. Um, he's there to turn this team around. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's, and it's, he made me, he and that sea change, and hopefully they'll keep some of those kids around. I mean, I think they cleared the entire coaching staff except for my favorite man on the planet right now, John Fassel. Yeah, he's awesome. I, John Fassel is, I don't even believe he's fucking real. But if you see it, just, just watch the series alone for John Fassel, who is what, what coach is he? Special teams coach. So he's special teams coach. He's this goofy, stringy, dad's a legendary coach, but he was kind of like the awkward, goofy kid who's just the scenes of him standing on the sidelines with his father holding the red flag just makes me squeal with delight. I just went, my mouth was hanging open when we, I'm like, is this guy fucking with us? Is he like really like this? And you're like, oh no, he's really like that. So Fisher is and he's great. He's, and he's, he's awesome. He's great. But let me get to there. So Fisher, you know, it's not it's not working out. They're just they're just fucking losing. I think what they won two games that season. Last, but last year the first season of the Rams, right? One, two. Yeah, they were like three and something. It was it was bad. It, it was not good. I don't know how to say the three and whatever the blah blah blah. I don't know the terms, guys. 
But like, so Fisher gets shit canned, and we got like three games to go, right? Yeah. An organization comes in, and they're like, you know, we're we're just gonna fucking get drugged by the face down the pavement. Let's just. And I knew as soon as they got rid of Fisher, Fisher, and they put Fassel. They have these other grizzled dudes around him. These other way more experienced guys, guys who have been head coaches. Yeah. Around, and then they put a guy who's never been a head coach, who's like the ginger Gomer pile. <laughs> just like this sweet, good, lovely guy. Look, I mean that with love. Gomer Pyle is actually a smart guy. He was just really nice, and everybody thought he was an idiot. This is who John is. John is like this really nice, well, yeah. golly kind of guy. I loved him. He didn't curse. I think the worst thing he says is damn. So they put him in this position, and I'm like, as soon as they pointed at John, and I don't know politics or sports or any of that shit, I'm watching this thinking, and I didn't look this up on YouTube or where it landed or Google or anything. I'm like, you pick a guy like that. He's going to stay because all these other veterans around him, oh, they're next. They're just going to wait to shake that tree when season one's over, right? Just get through this fucking season. We're not even counting on any wins. And John's over there going, okay, guys, stay together. Let's just do it. Let's go out there and yay, stuff. Be, have fun. <laughs> I was like, I... <laughs> Whatever John Fassel does in this life, I want to know about it. He just, he, he, he kills my heart. I love him so much. He's like a refreshing personality. I mean, it's just like, and they, they were. He just loves the game yeah, so much. Yeah. He's and, a pure And heart. he loves life. He loves life. You know, he's like one of those people who, you know, has, has, a, has this outlook on life where it's like, I, I want that for me. But, you know, um, but in this, you know, killer sport, multi-billion dollar sport, you know, John's one of those guys who's probably, and I'm just guessing, I don't know, don't scream at me out there, people who know John Fassel, but he seems like he's just way too sweet to lead, you know, and they know that. He's, he's really great in a support position. That's where he's strongest. That's where he's just going to kill it. But they put this, just seeing this guy with his dad, you know, there, like so proud of his son. And him just holding down those three games is the best part of the series. You know, I didn't really care yeah. about anything else. And then you see Sean roll in and you're like, what's this going to be? Whose head's going to roll? And I wonder who they're going to keep around for um, second season for, of, you know. I don't, I don't know what's going to end up being shaken down. But then, what is Sean's last name? Did you look it up? It's McVeigh. Okay, so Sean McVeigh brings in, um, who is it, more... Um, he 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 brings in his his defense coordinator has Wade Phillips. Yeah, Wade has been around forever. Um, yeah, he's he was head coach over there in Dallas for many years. And he doesn't um, even need to be doing this. He could be somewhere fly fishing, I'm sure. Yeah, Mr. and Phillips I mean, and this is job. this is the thing is like because we're look the thing about these that's really good about these these series is that we're we're getting a picture of a culture, you know, a small. Yeah, part of our society that, for the most part, until you know, someone decided to embed um, a, re a reporting a camera crew within this culture, because all we get really is, if you watch ESPN, you get these sound bites, you know, and it's all everybody's in slow mo walking to the camera. Yeah, like and, it, and in, it's uh, like it's it's it's, edit it's editorialized, and it's like yeah. these it's like watching. Uh, net, uh, not uh, yeah, local network news. Yeah, it's I, I don't even watch ESPN anymore. I, I, it's garbage, you know. Um, Please sponsor us, ESPN. We love you. Just kidding. Some of that Disney money. Give us some of the Disney money. But having you know, being in inside an organization, and you and it makes you want to wonder what is it like to be in, you know, the Laker organization yeah. or the Dodger organization, the Yankee organization. I want to see them do this with. Uh, all the sports. It'd be very interesting to do. I mean, to see. But, I mean, like with baseball, that, that's, you know, 162 games or whatever it is. That's, yeah. That's a lot of time. And football is 17 weeks. Right. Um, plus the playoffs. So it, it's a little easier, I think, to do with football. Sure. But, I mean, and, and the thing I mean, is, you're nailing it for me. This is why I enjoy it. Because, again, I don't, as I've said. I don't hate sports. I just could, get, you know, take it or leave it. I, you know, I'm married to someone who loves it. So it's like, <laughs> it's the old joke of like, if your spouse is a vegetarian, you are one too. It's just, you, you sort of share that in your space. And it's like, I tend to know just by proxy, you know, what's going on with 
the Dodgers or the Lakers or what's who's happening in the world. I can check in with you because you've absorbed all this information and I'm not mad at it. I like it. I like, but you know, past a certain point when you get like passionate about all the things that are happening with people and like their comeback stories and stuff. I mean, I've already kind of tuned over and I'm like, Hmm, do we need, we need some more. I think we're out of toilet paper. We need some toilet paper. And it's not that I don't love you. It's just, I can't, I don't know what you're talking about. Cause yeah. I'm hearing meat more cheek talk. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're saying. So I can't go, yeah, 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 tight, 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 tight. <laughs> uh, I don't, I mean, you and I can talk about a TV show that we're watching. Yeah. And why we, we get really passionate about TV shows. But like a sports, now I'm like, okay, so what this show did, what the series did for me, is now I'm going to follow the Rams. And I'm going to check in with the Cardinals. Because now I understand what they're about. And I understand the NFL the, a little bit better. The characters involved yeah. in the story. Yeah. It, yeah, that's what it is. That they're human beings. It's not that I didn't think these people were human beings, but when you're not a sports fan and you look at the NFL, it just seems like this monolithic thing that billions of people love and you just don't get it. Yeah. You're like, I don't get why he's going out with her. It's, you know what I mean? You're this, like, I don't get it. It's this huge money-making yeah. entity. That's what that, I see. Like, this yeah. branded and the halftime show, who's going to play in it, and I don't give a shit ever, and I never exactly, watch it. The yeah. Super Bowl commercials, which are whatever – you know, I'll hear some buzz about them and watch them and go, oh, okay, that's, you know, I don't, I don't have uh, team jerseys. I mean, we have Dodgers baseball hats. I'll I probably had, get a Rams yeah. baseball hat, you know. But, yeah, I've never had a jersey but, or but, but, anything like but that. But look, don't get me wrong. If that's your thing and you paint your face and you have a costume and, you know, you're, you're, that's your thing. If that's your thing? That's I your thing. think it's awesome. Yeah. It's like people who cosplay and go to San Diego and, and especially, like, by the way, San Diego Con, Con is going on right now. It's an awesome stuff. We'll talk about that in a second. But when they go down in these elaborate costumes and it's July – in San Diego. I don't make fun of those people at all. I'm like, they're just, it's commitment. I love it. I love yeah. that people love that kind of stuff. Same thing with sports fan, fans. If that's what you love, if that's what makes you happy, if that eases tension or makes you just a more complete person, whatever it does for you, I think it's awesome. Yeah. That's why I said I don't hate sports. I don't get people who are like, sports suck. I hate sports. I'm like, it's kind of hard to avoid if you live in America. I mean, and the smaller the town, the more sports ball they have. Yeah. In a city, you kind of you can probably live your entire life and just sort of casually run into sports. It's a big town. I mean, I've never been to an NFL game. Yeah, and I have. I've, I've never been to a college D1 football game either. So I don't know what D1 means, but I went to a couple of uh, Wisconsin Badger games. Go Badgers! Or that is that D one? Yeah, I think that's I think that's what I don't really follow. They're huge. It's Wisconsin. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, Madison. Madison's an awesome town, by the way. And I think that's the thing is like it's it either you're in you're in that town and that school is the biggest thing. Yeah. Or here, like in L A. I mean, they you've got UCLA, you've got USC. I need to go to either one of those schools. So right. I really don't. It's like I don't have that. But then there are families who like just came up with it. Like they're they're. Yeah. The abuelita, you know, listen to USC on the radio, and none of the kids even went or whatever, or somebody in the family went that one time, and the whole family goes for whatever reasons, oh. you know. Um, people love their Angels versus the Dodgers. There's like that fuck the Dodgers and we love the Angels, and I, you know, I get that. I lived in Chicago and totally got rivalries all the time with the Sox versus the Cubs thing. You know, it's kind of like that Raiders versus the blah blah blah. I mean, I get all that. I get all that culture. But I just, until I watched this, it kind of made me sort of more understand and care about, really care about what's going on with the football. So I'll pay attention. Until I don't. Because this feeling will wear out and they'll like lose a fourth game. And I'll be like, yeah. Yeah. I'll just wander back over to you and go, let me know when it's. But but watching the plays, though, I mean, I've, I've always had an appreciation for like the amazing play or watching, who was it? The, the Jamaican guy. Dwight Freeney. On, yeah, on the Cardinals because he, you know, he came and he, he cooks his grandma's uh, chicken, the brown uh, brown sauce. Um, and he does that spin. That's just magical shit. Yeah. You know, the Cam Newtons of the world are magical shit. You know, they're Palmer who gets it in the teeth, but he comes back and he's just like, he's been doing this for what, 13, 13 years? Well, as, as, of, as of that season, it was 13, so... 
14. This will yeah. be a fif- 15th season. And then you got Fitzpatrick going out on kind of a low note after putting in all his years, you know, over a decade as well. So watching what people put into this, you know, and also just looking at the socioeconomics of this, how, I mean, we could do a whole thing about how yeah. little these players are paid. That's the thing that probably has always stewed me a little bit. How little some of these players get played for paid for putting their body on the line and, you know, literally working broken. And hopefully there's something for them when this is all over, you know? Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that and that's a whole that's another whole thing of, of it is that Organizations are making so much money. Yeah. And then, you know, like in baseball, you have these guaranteed contracts. And I, I think in, in football, it's not guaranteed money. It's, and, no. And, you know. Well, let's not even get started on how, like, college careers are run. And that, yeah, exactly. That's just indentured servitude right there. Yeah, there, and there's the whole debate of should, should college students get paid. I think so at this point. I, I mean, think so. the college is I'm making sorry. so much they're damn making, money. They're making billions too, probably. I don't off know what, of off I don't of know these what the students. Stats are. But yeah, after I think we watched a documentary about that, and I was so fucking angry. I was like, "Yes, they should get paid." I mean, these kids are like literally going without food and shelter, and they're being used on the field, you know, and just multi-billion-dollar, you know, world. It and, and, really, it just really and one of one of you know pisses me off. That's of, the problem I have with sports. Exactly. And one of the arguments is that, you know, well, we're giving them an education. An education. Not if they're going to practice all those exactly. fucking hours a you week. You don't hold anybody accountable. No. And what good is a basket weaving education? Yeah. I mean, honestly, there's very few people. Like, if you go pro, the majority of the people who go pro, that education, it's not going to be used. Because these guys are good, they're catered to, and they don't have to do things, and they want them on the practice field. So they work into what? What's the average age that you you're know, in? 34, 35? If you're, person, I guess. And, and again, pro, let's say pro as in football, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, pro as in basketball, because now we know in basketball, it's the one and done. You play one, you, you, you do one year in college, you go to the pros. Now, other sports is different, like swimming and, and, and gymnastics and all these other things, where it's not a billion-dollar industry. Yes, they get that education, and they go on and use the education. But with these billion-dollar industry sports, the same rule can't be applied to the rest of them. Would it really kill them? I mean, honestly, again, this is <laughs> this is me asking this question. Would it really kill them to, like, give these guys five, six, seven, eight million, you know, a year? Well, I mean— it's a lot of teams. It's a lot of money. That's, I guess. I don't I, know. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I think about they can afford it. Actual that much, but I think you should. You should pay them more than you know. Uh, One point four. A, a fifty dollars <laughs> stipend a month. Yeah, it's bullshit. I, but again, you know, again, that's my problem with this sport is using the way the players are used. Yeah. And then they'll tell you, you know, all kinds of different reasons why they do it. They could say no, but sometimes they don't really have a choice between saying no and saying yes. And then they get held up to be like these pillars of society. And, you know, they're just human beings, guys. Yeah. They're not your role model. I know that you're slapping their face on the side of a pair of Nike shoes, but I wouldn't be raising anyone. No one should be your hero. I mean, if I had kids, I'd be like, nobody's a hero. This guy's really good at this. This woman's really good at this. But we don't know them personally. Yeah, You know, you don't need to model your life after somebody you don't fucking know. So, you know, it's great that Martin Luther King did some amazing things. There's also some scandal around the dude. He's a, he's a great man to look up to his actions. You know, just like we look up to, to film stars and stuff. But then they fall and we're like, oh, my God, they've broken my heart. I'm like, dude, come on. You set yourself up for that one. Yeah. You know. And again, yeah, you don't, don't put anyone on the pedestal. It, you know, it's good to be inspired by people that, that stand up like, again, a king or – you know, or Gandhi, and then you, then you find out later. You know, stuff. People are human. They're they're not these iconic. When you make people the icons, that's when you start fucking up. So in the sports world, um, it's nice to to get the human, yeah, face for me. 
to know the real struggle, to let them have their own words. And it's not just this one interview after the other where they just said, well, we'll just play the game, play one game at a time and get out there. We just wanted the W. Yeah. And uh, because, but then you hear like, shit, I'm worried. They got to cut me. Um, I'm going to go do this thing. And somebody's like, well, before you go buy the new car, things are not looking good. Yeah. Calm down. Well, it's funny, and we we had a chuckle. It's like, and it was it was towards the end of that Ram season, and um, it was Brandon standing there with his dad, Brandon Fisher. Fisher, uh, Fisher's son no, he was, is he on. He was talking to with one of the other coaches. Yeah, and they were and they were talking, and this is you know this is how it is. It's like okay, we if we win out these next two games, um, you know now we have a record of this, and we can back our well our way into the playoffs. And then he's like, but if we don't. Then we go to a very dark place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brendan Fisher you know? actually had uh, – I liked him. He comes out really well. He's got some pretty hilarious one-liners in this. <laughs> go to a very dark place. Awesome. And his dad was talking about, I'm going to you know, I'm gonna put in a ping-pong table on. I'm going to upgrade this and upgrade that. And his son goes, ah, I think I'd hold off on the upgrades. Yeah, you might want to wait about four weeks before you do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It was awesome. And again, so that makes these people human yeah. and very, very flawed, as we all are. Yeah. And this is what we don't – people struggle with this in our culture, I think, and, and across the United States. They hold these people up to be uh, whatever your thing is, to be – these big deals, and I'm always going. Yeah, that dude takes a shit, man. And the most ridiculous sleep, thing is, is has that to eat food. You're his person, a football coach, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, you're you're not a Supreme Court justice. You're not a senator. Well, now, the okay, ball, let's okay, not go there. The, <laughs> lately, we've we've lowered that bar. Lately. <laughs> But that's the learning the bars like, since 1776. You're a football coach. It's like, <laughs> you know, I'm a sound engineer. Yeah, but it's the same thing about even George Washington. I mean, everybody's like, oh my God, he's, you know, he's on folding money. I get it. I get it. you think that he did, you know, Abraham Lincoln was just always sitting around in that outfit. Yeah. It's funny how we put Speaking, value on, yeah, on, how we also yeah. just revisionist, even in the, in the, with the best possible intentions, we revision things and go, Blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of people who just, you know, hated that motherfucker's guts. I mean, obviously, somebody hated Lincoln's guts. <laughs> but, you know, just looking at this, for me, now I can go, okay, I know what this is. I don't just see, you know, Cam Newton, or why is everybody mad at Colin Kaepernick, or whatever's going on. And I think that's why I liked, uh, I love Vin Scully so much, is that what made me love Dodgers baseball besides the fact that I love someone who loves Dodgers baseball is listening to Vin call the games because he, he told me little stories. Yeah. He made the game human. He didn't choose sides. He, he talked about both sides of the team because as we all know, in any sport that you're watching, they trade you out. This guy that you're playing, like there was this moment in a couple of times where uh, I think Mentor is getting yelled at by Rucker. Rucker comes over, and this is the Cardinals season, and he's like, don't you be talking to that guy on the fucking field. I know you know him. I know all these motherfuckers, but we're here to do our job. But Mentor was like saying hi to his dude. He was just on that team with him. And uh, so, yeah. So um, I'm going to pitch some things real quick. I know we're about to wrap this up. I'm going to pitch some things to you guys. Um, so if you haven't, I don't know if you guys have been following uh, San Diego Comic-Con. 2017, but it's uh, it's been underway, and a lot of cool sort of things are happening there. The trailers have been flying out of uh, San Diego Comic-Con. We saw the one today uh, for The Walking Dead, Preacher. They got Lucifer stuff out, Black Panther, Westworld. I mean, to kind of name it, there's just a million things flying out of Comic-Con. I'm getting a sense that it was a, a really, really good Comic-Con. A lot of Game of Thrones stuff. There's the Blade Runner panel. So I'm just, uh, I don't really have anywhere to point you to. Just saying if you've been uh, working really hard out there and haven't had a chance to check anything out, go to YouTube or Vulture or somewhere. They've got them all loaded up. I think Vulture has like all of the the trailers. I'm sure the, the official site um, has those as well. So if you want to just enjoy yourself and watch some really exciting stuff coming, you know, like Jason Momoa as Aquaman, that looks awesome as shit. 
Um, but I was watching the Game of Thrones uh, Comic-Con trailer, and if you, if you pick through it, and I won't write here because this is not what we're talking about today, there's some interesting going on, things going on. Obviously, everybody's... Uh, Cersei knows that uh, Khaleesi's coming for her, and she's trying to rally the troops. And uh, uh, Melisandre is rolled up to Danny, and she's going to be like, I think the Lord of Light has chosen you, and I think we see Jon is going to meet up with Danny. So a lot of things that we've been theorizing about, you know, we'll talk more about it tomorrow uh, when we do the podcast, because we're watching the episode tonight. Tonight. We get so excited. Game of Thrones Sunday. It is like so exciting. And the house smells good because tell them what you're doing right now. You had to get up and when I was doing the plug and go do something. What were you doing? Just I like, had to turn the the timer off for my um, my pork belly that I'm roasting that I will be putting in the refrigerator and letting sit for a day and then using it. In ramen and stuff. Right, but you're also doing something else. I mean, that's exciting. That's something you do on the regular. You're an am- By the way, Ian's an amazing cook. I don't, I make. I dabble. No, you do. He's really good. Trust me. Never, never really a bad meal, except when you drunk make adobo, then it's just a drunk salt lick. Drunk adobo. Drunk adobo is just basically a salt lick. But I mean, I'm talking about 98% of the time, the meals around here, better than anything I would have outside. But what else are you making today? Talk to me about it. I am making a Ilocano dish. It's called Pinak Bet. And it's bitter melon. We went to the farmer's market yesterday, and we got some bitter melon. We got some squash. Okra. Uh, okra. Uh, we got a couple of tomatoes. And I did not know that Pinak Bet has tomatoes. It's tomato-based. Is it? Yeah. Then we went over to the Filipino store. Ooh, and I got some bagoong, which is stinky fish uh, shrimp paste. Uh, again, I'm very Caucasian and redneckish. So I think those two words should not be uh, together. Shrimp paste. I just, uh, no. Yum. And it smells like foot and ass disease. And it's got some stank on it. And you love it. I get that. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that uh, I grew up eating that are just like that. That I'm just like, yeah, pickled pork anus. Woohoo. Well, see, I mean, that's like, that's the same thing, right? Mountain oysters. Fuck yeah. That's the Mm -hmm. same, you know, I probably wouldn't eat that. No. And I, and, and the, I mean, I wouldn't eat. Well, I mean, like with with the baguong, I like it on um, on um, green mango. It's really good, or yeah. even ripe mango. But you like that stinky stuff, and I love you, and I think you should eat it. I don't mind it. I I love that you do. You're doing this. Like I sometimes see, just I, have to have gr- biscuits and gravy and yeah. my pinto beans with a raw onion and. I I don't eat dinaguan, and I'm not going to eat even escargot. I'm not going to eat that or balut. Or balu- uh, I'm not going to do that. Eat let's, a bird. Let's eat a baby let, bird. Let's eat a half-formed but then, but duck I, bird. Look, I appreciate the people who like that. Like, again, my whole theme is always like what you like, love what you love, eat what you want to eat. And I love yeah. that you're in the kitchen making these delicious things. And then I can turn around if it's not to my, you know, if I just don't get it, I'll have uh, peanut butter and crackers. Because yeah. you spend all that time cooking, you're not going to cook me anything special. Well, I I'll also have some ramen. I al- we have ramen. I mm-hmm. also bought some pasta and yeah. some basil, and then you some take care shrimp, of me. So we can do some like a like a pesto with shrimp. Um, uh, also you know? known as food that Lisa understands, but it's not that I'm uh, not experimental. I wouldn't say that. No, you would say that I'm not experimental. Well, you like what you like. You don't what you don't. Yeah, but I don't throw a fit. I'll try uh, just about anything. Um, not caviar. I have had caviar before. No, thank you. I've never had caviar. And I, and I thought, you know, anchovies were gross. But when we got that pizza the other day and I put some anchovies on it. You were into it? It was good. Right on. So, yeah, Phoenix Bet. Can't wait to try it. It uh, it looks uh, – all I can smell right now, because you just started to cook, was the, uh, the bitter melon, which is pretty overwhelming. Yeah. So once it cooks down, I'm, you know, I liked your uh, – Sinigang. Sinigang was uh, really good. But I liked it before you put um, the scrimp. The scrimps in it and the uh, the leafy stuff. The spinach? Yeah. It's, it kind of takes that initial uh, base that you made. Oh, my God. Hmm. That was like a bitter southern soup that I've had before. I loved it. But I didn't hate it afterwards. I just preferred it the other way. Okay, so uh, I'm going to do some recommendations, and then we're going to piece on up out of here because we got to get ready for Game of Thrones. Dun, 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 dun. Um, if you are into Game of Thrones, please go to a, a podcast that's been around. I listen to this one when I'm out with a dog. Uh, these people break it down 
very, very well. It's called Binge Mode. And they take each episode and, like, we're just sort of, like, hanging out, having a good time, having opinions, kind of fumbling around. Uh, we fall down the Dragonstone basement stairs. Uh, it gets Sometimes a point. we don't even know their names. We quite, don't look know. shit up. But uh, Binge Mode, they are uh, the nerds that you're looking for. And uh, they take – there's a lot of Game of Thrones uh, podcasts out there that are highly recommendable. But I just want to focus on these guys. Uh, these are the staff writers of The Ringer. And uh, they're also going to be a part of a show that's going to air right after Game of Thrones on Periscope is one of the formats. It's called Talking uh, Talk the Thrones. Oh, and really? And it's got Andy uh, Greenwald on it. So we, lo- we love Andy Greenwald. He's uh, awesome. And it's got uh, a couple of these guys on there from Binge, uh, binge Mode. So – Right afterwards, when you're all just like worked up, so you have to get onto your periscope. And to get onto periscope it? and just watch. Uh, I think they also watch in in line. I think you can watch it as the show's rolling. I get distracted by that. I can't. I don't want to tweet and watch Game of Thrones. I don't want to tweet and do anything. I don't want to. I don't want to stream your thing. I don't know if that's because I'm just old as shit. Or I just want to watch the show. I like to do the one thing at a time. Yeah, exactly. For me, like having a beer and watching Game of Thrones is almost too many things. Uh, but when I open up my laptop or I pull out my phone and I start trying to follow something on Twitter, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. You know, unless it's just something's like really boring, like an award show or something. And I'm like, okay, this is funny. But yeah, I don't know if that's good for your brain. Maybe it's better for your brain. I have no idea. I just know. No. But uh, so try it. I may just check in to see what it looks like, just for shits and grins. Do you even have Periscope? Uh, I have the I have the app. Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, you can just go. It's just right there. Yeah. Periscope's you know been around for a little. No, little I, I, I know it's been around. I just I've you never. You just don't give a shit. I've never. I don't even. I haven't even downloaded the app. Well, because it's not really our thing. Like with even with like Walking Dead, um, there's like that other show that rolls alongside yeah. the other experience. It's like starts now. I'm like ah. Eh. I mean, because you, you and I are having our own conversations. I can't, I just would rather just talk to you. Yeah. But I see the advantage of uh, having that fan experience while you're watching something. I'm glad, I'm glad it's available. Come on. So that's an amazing thing. I can only imagine, like, growing up as a kid when we had the three channels and you had all this technology and you get the, everybody's, like, live streaming the Watergate trials. It would have been amazing. I mean, I guess, I guess it's like the TV version or a show version of a play-by-play. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, everybody's getting to like make jokes and weigh in and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's you know, that's just too many things going on for me at one time. <laughs> but then we got to prepare for the the podcast, and so I'd have to probably do that that way, and then sit down and watch it quietly by myself to make notes. Which there's no harm in that either. Yeah. But it's not my job; it's these uh, guys' job. So binge mode, talk the thrones. The Ringer guys, Andy Greenwald, and many others. Uh, we should get ourselves to watch uh, Dunkirk soon. Everybody's talking about it, talking about it, has been talking about it. Um, so we should definitely do some. Yeah, Dunkirk-ness. I, I really, I want to, I want to see that because just because I got to, I got to talk to the sound mixer on that. That's awesome. So that's probably we've talked about this before, but you said that's the. I always ask you, are you nervous because you're about to be around like big name stars, right? He's, you signed NDAs. We can't talk about who those people are, but you would know them. And you're like, you don't either. You don't know who they are, yeah. or you're like, they're just a, they're just part of my job, and I'm just here. You're respectful, but you're like, eh, okay, great. You're not a gusher. You don't get weak need. But this guy, the sound mixer for Dunkirk, you were kind of shitting your pants before you did it because you like he's he's where you want to be. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 doing Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah, you know that's. That's big shit. That's big time. That's the show right there. You got all the cool gear. He's in the show. He's in the show. He's also got all the fucking headaches because they just tore his mics all the hell and back. Yeah, he was saying something about, you know, L&D, but yeah. he'll get it back. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. You know? He's going to be okay. Yeah. But, like, bigger show, bigger problems. It's like we were talking about. Like, yeah. if you're you're in the grass leagues, this is expected of you. Then you go to the show, and then it's like, oh, fuck, you know, like we were watching with, spring, bringing it back around to all or nothing. Um, you know, once you're in it, that whole celebrating where you are fades pretty quickly because you got the, the pucker moments are happening every 20 seconds, you know. So you're going to have that dookie baby very shortly after you get there. Like, I'm in the NFL. Holy fuck. Yeah, welcome to the NFL, kid. Yeah. 
Can't play hurt. Don't get hurt. Uh, so that's it for this. We will see you soon. Uh, we'll be back with a couple of episodes coming up. Obviously, Game of Thrones is going on. Uh, we will be talking about Twin Peaks soon enough and other shows that are out there. Preacher, keep watching that. And, uh, yeah, enjoy yourself. I, I hope you guys have a lovely uh, weekend, week. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if, you're, if you're not a sports fan, watch, what is it, All or All nothing. or Nothing, yeah. You know, um, it, it's, Unless you it's don't have Amazon Prime. Then, and, yeah, you know. it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, and Can't if, afford if that. And if you are okay. one, watch it too. It's, it's very interesting to see. I mean, it's, as a sports fan, I really appreciate what they, what they did there. And um, I think season three, my buddy was saying that they're embedded with the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which Woo-hoo! is it, it's a, it's an organization that is on the rise. Um, you know, uh, they're going to be good soon. Yeah. You know, and you know Atlanta's good. Atlanta went to the Super Bowl last year and lost. Like, yeah, Falcons. But now you know they've got to deal with uh, the Bucks in their division. So mm. it's it's you know. So yeah, well, do we know when season three is coming out? Probably not. Uh, probably maybe um at the end, probably next summer. Yeah, I don't know because they're gonna go through the whole season. So right, well, that makes sense. Yeah, there you go. Because the second uh, season came out at the end of June, so yeah. And I don't know if they let them all out, or if it's like a... Yeah, I don't know. Because that's, you know, it's eight eight episodes. I think they let them all out, because if it was at the... Well, if it was at the end of June, we would they would still be going No, they, it, they release on the same time, because uh, this season of The Rams is all June 29th. Cool. So there you go. You so can, you get them all at the same time. You, you if you have Amazon thing. Prime, if you don't, hey, you know. Oops. If you don't have Amazon Prime, get that shit. Yeah, I don't know. Sponsor us, Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> We're plugging your ass already. Somebody give us some money. We just bought some shit off of your site yesterday. <laughs> I think we should get uh, sponsorship from Bob's Market. We give them enough money. I mean, swear to God. Bob's Market up the Man. street. <laughs> Dude, we just do it in trade. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say goodbye once again. Okay. And make it count. Peace. Peace.